Hello, hello, hello. My name is Ebony. Welcome back to another DMT Expresso that 15 minutes or less on the topic of the trendy or trending are on my heart and mind. And while this is more on my heart and mind than what is normally in the news, today I am talking about continuation of my talk on Fortify the Forest initiative team, but really focusing in on September. Yes, September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Yes, the spam. What I'm really talking about is a crucial conversation. So please keep that in mind that I am not part of the official or giving official uh, opinions on behalf of any organization. These opinions are mine and mine alone, but giving some perspective, giving my thoughts on things as we stand, I will be talking about FIDS. I will be talking about DOD mental health and what's kind of really going on as I've kind of deep dived into what is becoming known as a problem. We're talking about increased suicide rates. So let's jump in, let's really talk and have a crucial conversation. Let's go. So let's jump right in. I am going to try to keep these topics are nuanced. Um, so I'm gonna try to keep it as uh, low level as I can. So I'm really gonna talk about uh, generalizations, right? We're looking at the numbers for suicide rates uh, across the military. Uh, kind of what was being done, implement to, you know, get after lowering those rates, right? The prevention side of the house. And then uh, really, really talking where we are now, um, 2022, uh, these discussions, you know, being in uniform and having discussions in mental health, are there still stigmas? What are the things that are, are being done? So let's have this conversation. Let's start with some of the generalized research and findings that have come out recently. So let's kind of look at the numbers. I haven't seen any recent data coming, uh, being released by the Pentagon on numbers of uh, suicide rates for 2022. Or, But what we did find, um, and what I found reading some of these articles, that in 2021, there was research that I found that of 30,000 plus, just a little bit over 30,177 active duty members and veterans who served in the military after 9-11 uh, have died by suicide compared to the 7,000 plus. I the actual number that they used was 7,057 service members that were killed in combat. So if you're, you're doing um, suicide rates to combat, uh, combat deaths in a 20-year span, in that the military suicide rate was four times higher than deaths that occurred during military operations. That's a concerning number. It's quite the concerning number, I think, for everyone. Other release data showed that in 2020, uh, there were 580 troops that had died by suicide uh, compared to 2019's numbers that was 504, which that was an increase of 15%. And you see this steadied incline uh, from at least data that was being taken from active duty troops uh, from at least 2015 on. There's been this, this incline, and, and maybe this is just in the, the reporting and the numbers, uh, but there's been an increase pretty much every year, maybe except for 2018, which they said that there was a, the numbers remained stable of military deaths by suicide. So what I also found interesting, I was looking at some other data, um, other research, some other articles that was looking at some of the prevalence rates of uh, suicide rates, uh, along with the reported of sexual assault reporting 
uh, at some of the bases. And some of that data came back, kind of interestingly enough, talking about some of these bases with the highest rates of suicide also had high rates of sexual assault reporting or sexual assault. Um, again, the articles and the numbers I read uh, is mostly dealing with the articles I read. They could not attribute correlation. Uh, they really needs to really look at kind of what is that connectedness, what is that uh, factor uh, among all those bases, among all those incidents, uh, kind of the what. So from a report from the CDC, kind of looking at this holistically uh, as suicide uh, across the board, civilians, government, um, DOD, uh, there's just been higher rates. Uh, so you talk about trying to combat this in some way. Now, we, we like to use the word combat, but how do you really look at this and try to, to get to the numbers of actually helping people? Because one, suicide is too much, right? So let's really look at this. What the CDC found and recognized through research and their own kind of that own planning was that there was interconnection between suicide substance use and adverse childhood experiences now these might be new terms to some people but adverse childhood experiences are experiences that happen during childhood whether that's uh, witnessing violence experiencing abuse or neglect or losing a loved one uh, to suicide are considered adverse childhood experiences or aces uh, but so even with all this research and numbers, data crunching, money, uh, the real question is what's actually being done? What is actually, how can we, we as a people, decrease annual suicide rates? And specifically, if we're talking about the subset of those in the military, those that are veterans. So what's being done? Uh, I know a lot of this on high, we start looking at uh, Congress and kind of the questions they've been asking is, what is the military doing? Why are these rates? It's concerning. Uh, but here's what some have found. Our leaders, the leaders in the military, have acknowledged that there are exceptionally high rates of military suicide. They are also, in some ways, they have to provide annual suicide reports, right? Uh, do do that annually, um, semi-annually. You'll get the numbers, uh, and you'll get the comparison, again, the numbers of the military versus the whole U.S. population. Um, but how do you really tackle this? Well, um, they talk about, well, we've got to tackle resiliency. We, we need a more resilient force uh, that is able to, you know, take on and be resilient and, and, and know about, you know, uh, going and working through emotional problems, through stress or anger management. And what has mostly been found about a lot of the, what the military has implemented as a whole is that a lot of those, those programs that, you know, garnered and used a lot of money was in effect ineffective, no pun intended. Uh, that these were not long-term solutions. It was not a one-size-fit-all, and that's how the military has still gone about it. It's about the resiliency piece. 
I was reading and it kind of really hit me um, where one of these articles I was reading was talking about the military culture. We have to see military culture as a warrior culture. And you're like, well, what does this warrior culture really have to do? Well, you're talking about resiliency and, and having people resilient to take care of themselves. But what's interesting enough is that uh, the counterintuitive part to this is that from the onset, from basic training, from your initial training, military members are taught to push through pain. Push through pain so that they can, uh, you know, be there to help their brothers and sisters in arms, uh, to be there to help their country. So, in effect, in this warrior culture, these members are taught to compartmentalize a lot of things. Set aside emotions, set aside physical pain, set aside pretty much self. Um, in all of the mottos that we hear, uh, that military culture is a warrior culture. Wrong, right, and different. The question is, how do you change a culture? You've taught a, a group of young men and women about this service before self. Yet, when they go and seek, right, these, these stigmas, these, these barriers to health-seeking behavior, there's often this, this feeling of shame or guilt of, of not fulfilling their duty uh, when they should go seek help. And again, right, wrong, indifferent. I don't know the right answer, but we really got to take a look at the root causes. We're, we're, that's, that's, that's what these studies are really getting down to. Is that you're not really looking at the root causes. We've heavily medicated the members, right, through mental health some of the time. Uh, that They haven't learned real coping behaviors that are healthy coping behaviors. And even more than that, the stigma still is there. Like the, the, the stigmas to the culture are still there. And it's even more prevalent now than most to understand that suicide does not have a single cause. It is not influenced by a single point. It is, there's a range of, of factors that we really have to think about. You, you got to think about the risk factors, the protective factors of the individual relationships, community, societal levels. Like the, There's so much involved um, in looking at this thing we called reducing of suicide rates. It has to take a comprehensive or holistic approach in what we're doing. The remedy isn't resiliency. That is just, I guess, a byproduct of things. I, I wish that was the end-all, be-all. But really, really, looking at mental health, healthy coping mechanisms, healthy coping behaviors is something really dealing with rehabilitation. Mental health isn't just a single point in time. It is something that requires maintenance and continual uh, things that allow us to grow and, and be what is considered healthy. These are just some of the things I really think about when you start talking about this military culture. So I was looking at, again, articles, research, and really looking at what was the, the CDC's holistic perspective or view of prevention strategies. 
to lower and partner with members and organizations to get after this thing, getting after reducing suicide rates on a bigger scale. One of the things that they noted was there was a need to strengthen economic supports, mainly through strengthening household financial security and housing stabilization policies. Another one they found was strengthen access and delivery of suicidal care, the coverage of mental health conditions and health insurance policies, reduce provider shortages in underserved areas, safer suicide care through system changes. Another one, create protective environments, reduce access to lethal means among persons at risk of suicide, organizational policies and culture, community-based policies to reduce excessive alcohol use. And I'll add in there probably different substances, substance abuse as well. Another aspect of their strategy is to promote connectedness. Peer norm programs, community engagement activities. Another one, teach coping and problem-solving skills. Social-emotional learning programs, parenting skills, and family relationships programs. Identify and support people at risk. They purported to use gatekeeper training, crisis intervention, treatment for people at risk of suicide, treatment of, to prevent reattempts. Another part is lessen harms and prevent future risk. Postvention safe reporting and messaging about suicide. Again, this is a, that was, that was the last point. So again, those major points for prevention, their prevention strategy for the CDC is strengthen economic support, strengthen access and delivery of suicide care, prevent protective environments, or excuse me, create protective environments, promote connectedness, teach coping and problem solving skills, identify and support people at risk and lessen harms and prevent future risk. Now, from this, and a lot of people seem to be streaming, stemming their strategy from the CDC. Um, I also went out and found that the USO has developed their own special programs that is in line with the CDC strategies to prevent, right, to help those to prevent suicide and support service members in need. Um, so they're, they're kind of their lines of strategy is, right, strengthening service members through connection strengthening service members through protective environments, and then strengthening service members by supporting mental health. These are seem like very, um, very easy things, but this is not. Um, so let's go back and let's talk about what Fortify the Force is looking at. What are they doing? Um, let's have a chat right quick. So let's talk about the Fortify the Force initiative team. What was gnarly to see is that some of the FIT members, volunteers, got on stage with the champions of FIT, Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Joanne Bass, and Chief Master Sergeant of the Space Force, Roger Toberman. They got on the stage and spoke to attendees at the Air Force Sergeant Association's Professional Development and Education Seminar. What was amazing to hear and see, not only the passion, of the volunteers in the fit, but also the passion that those champions have to try to get after this problem. How do you get after this monumental thing of increasing, right, decreasing suicide rates in the Department of the Air Force, but also increasing 
knowledge, mental health wellness, uh, increase access to care. Again, not a lot of things they were able to get into in, in an hour, but you kind of got an overview about what we're really trying to get after. What are you really trying to do? So I'm talking about the fit a little bit. Um, it was so amazing to be at ASFA and listen to other people's stories. Listen to what they're really wanting to see from fit. And a lot of this, why fit is important is because of that grassroots effort. It has to start from somewhere. Again, I've mentioned some of the things of really looking at, you know, following a strategy that's been kind of in place uh, since 2017 from the CDC. Again, you got to tackle it at all, but you got to do it in consumable pieces. Uh, members really wanting to tackle, you know, transparency of seeking mental health, right? Do I lose my security clearance? Do I, uh, you know, lose it all, lose my career? There was a lot of people that mentioned this transparency to care. There were others that mentioned the confidentiality to care, um, that there was none. Um, I know some of this is being addressed, right, from the 2002, or 20, or 2022 NDAA uh, under the Brandon Act. Uh, if you do not know, if you do not have heard not have not heard about the Brandon Act, uh, this is an act that requires a mental health evaluation for serving members who self-report a need and allows members to seek help outside the chain of command for cases that can be kept confidential. Um, again, this is something different, right? But uh, this was the Brandon Act really was trying to create a process, reduce stigma, and protect confidentiality. All things I heard. Uh, while at AFSPA. Another part is really looking at, obviously, the access to care on or off base, uh, addressing toxic leadership, um, and then also looking at training at the lowest level. And we're not talking about making people more resilient. We're really talking about airman to airman, guardian to guardian, being a peer to one another or as a unit, being that sounding board for your fellow person and just giving them a place to know that they can go. And then just in general, talking about this need for mental health maintenance. And I want to caveat this one because uh, I heard this mental health maintenance seems to be lagging behind the amount of money that gets thrown into our weapons systems. For the Department of the Air Force, or specifically the Air Force, the conversation with those airmen, we're talking about, well, money gets, billions of dollars get thrown at the development of a aircraft. Long-term, doesn't work, doesn't matter. What we see is that uh, money going toward resiliency initiatives, other initiatives, what, what they haven't seen is that that amount of money being thrown at the human weapon system the people, to keep them uh, going, right? The wellness, kind of getting back into that comprehensive approach of rehabilitating people, keeping them in the fight. The people are the ones, right? This is the conversations I've been having. The, the, the money is important, but is it going toward the right thing? And so a lot of the peers I've talked to, a lot of people that I've gotten to interact with have talked about that 
we've got to pay into the human weapon system. You've got to pay into the people to keep them in the fight just as much as you want to keep the planes, the, the satellites, and everything else going. But there's got to be people behind it to make it work. Fit is trying to figure these things out as we go. Fortify the Force Initiative is something that's new. It's not a resiliency program. And the real part of why Fortify the Force is different is because, well, they're figuring out how does how do you actually get after some of this stuff? How do you get to root cause? That's what barrier analysis is really about. How do what how do I uh, get after? Right? I keep using the word get after. How do I attach action? How do I make people passionate about this? have a say in what they're doing. That's how Fortify the Force is really different. It's the people doing the research. It's the people trying to push for policy through their champions and above uh, and work with those strategic partners to get after it, to see action, to move policy, to generate real discussion, to have that transparency, combat stigma. The human weapon system is the thing driving this machine, this thing we call fit, not the other way around. Now, would we like to see other things happen? Absolutely. But as fit, the initiative gets on its feet. The hope is that you'll see those small victories. The hope is that you'll have those conversations and make normalizing your mental health wellness just as much as you talk about your physical health wellness be a part of a conversation. Talk about this warrior culture being something more, right? Lessen that guilt, lessen that shame because at the end of the day, just as much as I rehabilitate my knees, my back, and all the physical ailments I might have, I have to rehabilitate my mind as well. The person, holistically speaking, is important. So there we go, the start of a conversation. I hope to put out a lot more coming this September, the spam month, the Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month. And let's open this dialogue, because this is bigger than us. We're losing a lot of amazing people every day who don't feel connected, who feel like there's, 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 there's no other option. We have to be willing to have conversation. We have to be willing to put money into the, the things that we truly care about. And we really have to show that we care. So as always, I'm sending peace, love, positivity, and good vibes. Till next time. Peace.